not talking about anything so intimate this week, really just wrapping up, and this will particularly pertain to certain aspects of the audience, not everyone, because we're going to talk about parenting and marriage, okay? Um, just because that is a unique stressor and puts a unique um, it's a unique situation for several of you that's very relevant, and so I'm going to focus on that. I'm not going to be focusing so much on kind of the parental role as they get out and launch, okay? Um, and sorry for those who that is more relevant. I'll perhaps have a few things to say as I think about uh, the, the future of my own life. Um, but I uh, really want to focus more on just kind of what goes on for especially some of our families and the impacts of having children and raising them. Uh, on, uh, on your relationship. So uh, let me pray for us and we'll get started. Father, we do give thanks for the morning, the chance to discuss once again what it looks like to be faithful inside of our marriages. Grateful for the gift of marriage. We're also grateful for the gift of children when you're pleased to, uh, to honor us with that. And God, we ask that you would help us to know how to uh, live faithfully inside of all the pressures and the tensions that that can create. We ask that you guide us in our time here. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We've been working at this for some time, and we've tried to just pursue kind of broad foundations of marriage, looking at what it looks like uh, for husband and wife, wife to live together as one flesh and to do so successfully, and to do so uh, with kind of two focuses. Uh, we've looked at kind of the theological groundwork. And what we said for the Christian is it's not negotiable whether we're going to do theology or not. Okay, because marriage is just intrinsically theological for us. Okay, when we talk about marriage and definitions of love, we are talking about God and who he is as Trinity. We're talking about God and what he has done in the gospel. Uh, we're talking about his works in creation and his design and intent for the world. So we cannot escape theology when we talk about marriage. Okay, and that sometimes in Christian circles when we talk about marriage, we just want to get to the how-to's. Okay, but you can't know how to unless you know who designed and created marriage and what its purposes are. So we're always going to be doing the work of theology. Now, we've also tried to be practical because there are just real practical problems when it comes to marriage, okay? And so we have to keep these two things together. We have to keep the theology together and also with just good practices. Now, so we've given some kind of drills and practices uh, for people to do, and I've heard different people kind of saying, yeah, we're, we're kind of starting it. We got through the first step, and yeah, <laughs> um, and that's okay. Um, this is hard stuff, guys, and this is just kind of ongoing, continued invitation. One of the things that um, I do try to encourage people with, um, because it's one of the things that is most difficult, I find, for people who are married, is having a third party in the discussion when you particularly reach an impasse. Okay, but you become accustomed not to having that third party, and sometimes it's really necessary, whether that be a pastor, whether it be a counselor. When you find yourself stuck and you find yourself really uh, not knowing how to move forward, that's the time, okay? And uh, there is no shame tax on that. There's no problem with that. Um, no one's going to think lesser of you, but it just simply is wise when you reach a certain point and you say, hey it would be good to have someone else kind of refereeing, helping us understand, under, uh, to understand what's going on between us, okay? Uh, and so if you find yourself in that place, just feel free to reach out and we'll get you directed to good sources. Um, we're happy to help uh, ourselves as well as we're able. Uh, so just know that's 
uh, as we close this down, that's just the general invitation. Now, specifically to the task today, talking about kids, the Bible uh, speaks of our children as a heritage from the Lord, that they are a gift. This just simply comes out of Psalm 127. And this is one of the major endeavors that occupies most marriages. Excited about children, and then you give yourself in these really hyper-intense, roughly 18 years in our culture, uh, hyper-intense years in which we are... uh, Uh, which we are investing ourselves in raising kids. And we're seeking to then send them out. (laughs) Uh, We're seeking to send them out into the world, whether that be to a university education or to the workplace. We're seeking to send them out to be healthy uh, young adults to be the next generation of the church. And so for Christian couples, it is a high and important calling to raise the next generation. We want to teach them the works and ways of God so that they put their hope in God, okay? This is just simply the goal uh, that Psalm 78 tells us. We recognize that children are a gift and a heritage, but then there's also this practical reality uh, that they introduce challenging dynamics uh, to your relationship with your spouse, okay? And it's important just to recognize that challenge, all right? So how do you negotiate this responsibility within a healthy marriage? That's the question for today. I'm just gonna really talk more practically today Uh, The Bible has a lot to say about parenting, but I didn't want this to become a parenting seminar. We'll get there next year, okay? But I just want to talk about uh, your relationship with your spouse as you parent those little suckers, okay? All right, number one, be a unified front. Uh, There is perhaps no quicker way to sow seeds of destruction between you and your spouse than by undermining one another with your kids, okay? Everybody ends up making that mistake in some form or fashion, okay? But this is something that lives on the degrees of the spectrum. But when this becomes a predominant way of uh, of couples relating to their kids, it becomes very destructive, okay? And also, guess who learns it? The kids. And they learn how to play it. They learn how to manipulate it. They know who to ask for what, okay? And, uh, and it will become very painful for you. And so one of the greatest gifts that a husband and wife can give to their children is being a unified front, shared responses, shared values, shared standards, okay? Now, that involves all kinds of things. Whether we're talking about behavior, what's acceptable and what's not, whether we're talking about homework and what the expectations for that are, whether we're talking about social media, when it's appropriate for you to have it, or how much you'll use it. Whether we're talking about friends, and how you're going to relate to them, which friends uh, do you hang out with, um, different things like that. Whether we're talking about appearance and dress, whether we're talking about movies and television shows, which ones you'll watch and which ones you will not. Whether we're talking about relationships and dating, the opposite sex. Or whether we're talking about how you're going to treat your siblings. Those are just a few that I came up with just sitting down, thinking about the weekly things that go on inside the Colson household. And my household is no different than yours, okay? These are the things, if you're not quite there yet, you will be, okay? That list and all the demands of it, it requires Melissa and I, just practically speaking, to have a lot of conversations, okay? And it requires us to just step intentionally into all of those things uh, in order to operate with a unified front, okay? We have to discuss a lot. 
All right, and one of the things that we pointed out where couples really struggle is just sometimes the lack of intentionality. All right, it's just the lack of intention and having a plan and knowing what the shared values are that things then just kind of slowly creep to a certain direction that is undesirable. And so guys, to have this unified front, you have to take up the exhausting task of talking about all the things that come up. And that means when the workday is over and you're tired and you don't particularly have the energy to and there's something on the plate, what do you have to do? Talk about it, <laughs> okay? Uh, you gotta work it out. And so just be committed to that. And if you're asked a question by your kid and you're uncertain of what the answer is, guess what? You don't have to have one. Perhaps the most regular answer a Colson child receives is, let me talk with your mom, or let me talk with your dad. <laughs> that that's okay. Actually, it reinforces the message that we're a unit and that we work together, and that's a really good message for them to receive. That we're gonna come up with the solution, we're gonna come up with the standard, we're gonna come up with the value, and then we're gonna share that with you when we're ready. Okay, guys, so the unified front, just know how critical uh, it is. And then also just be prepared uh, to really engage with one another. Um, now, the benefit when it comes to engaging with one another about your kids, um, you know, one of the most remarkable things about being a parent is seeing how your children um, reflect each of you, you know? And uh, sometimes you see one person's weakness and one person's strength mashed into one of these personalities. Sometimes you see both of your weaknesses mashed into, you know what I mean? You see everything, right? You see your mom, you see your dad, you see your in-laws, you see everybody just all kind of mashed together. People tell Melissa and I that we now look like brother and sister. I'm like, there is no way on earth that that's real. Beyond just pale skin, you know, we're, we're not alike. Uh, but you, they think that because they see your children, you know, and there's your, your, your representation there, all mashed together. Um, but both of you as husband and wife are gonna bring different appreciations and different um, understandings of your children to the table, okay? And one of the things that has been so helpful for Melissa and I is to not see that in competition, but to see that as compliments, you know, that there are personalities in our family that I get more readily than other ones, and there are personalities in our family that she gets more readily. There are aspects of certain people's personalities that she gets more readily than I do, and vice versa, okay? And so we're able to understand our children through that conversation, appreciating them, looking at their strengths and weaknesses, discussing what they need, you know, what's gonna help them get uh, to where uh, we have goals set for them. Uh, and so that's just part of that, um, part of that exploration, part of that being working together to be a united front. So work hard on that uh, in your marriage. It will benefit your children, and it'll actually end up benefiting you in your relationship with one another. Now secondly, aspire to the proper goal. Now all too often, our kids become a parent's way of measuring their worth and value in the world. No one really sets out with this goal, but it just simply happens. Because your kids ultimately reflect you in certain ways, and so it's really easy to then get your identity hung up in their success, isn't it? Nod your heads, yes. Uh, it's, it's very easy uh, to have that thing get bound up there. 
Um, and so the more that we do this, though, when we get really focused on, uh, on our worth being reflected in our kids' success, what we tend to do is we then get focused on the present and we lose the big picture. Okay? And one of the things that in, in aspiring to the proper goal for you as a husband and wife is always to remember what the goal for you is in your parenting enterprise. All right, and the goal is healthy Christian kids who know how to take responsibility, who know how to live with Christian conviction, who know how to go out into the world and serve God to his glory in all the ways that he calls them to do that, in work, uh, in church, in relationships. And, uh, and so one of the things that we really have to constantly orient and reorient to, and I want you to hear that, that this is a constant thing that you're going to be doing, is orienting and reorienting to that broader goal, okay? Because in the hand-to-hand -hand combat of each week, as you argue about whether you're going to tutoring or Boy Scouts that week, whether you discuss, uh, you know, yes, you are going to go see that teacher at 8.15 in the morning. Uh, yes, you have permission to skip cross-country practice. No, you do not have permission to skip high tomorrow. You know, I mean, this is the stuff, right? It's really easy to get lost, okay? And you get lost in that hand-to-hand -hand combat. But Christian parents need to remember that broader goal to which they are aspiring to and to make those decisions and to, uh, to keep their values in line with that broader goal. Um, and that that is really a helpful orientation point as you're working through all the different little kind of daily, um, daily things. Uh, so, you know, for Melissa and I, um, one of the things that we have to work on in raising Christian kids is obviously that our goal is not for our kids to be cool and accepted by their peer group, you know, and that we tell them that. Look, our primary goal is not you feeling cool and accepted by your peer group, that we have broader goals for you. We're fine with you having friends. We want that. That's part of a good life. You know, and we want you to know how to successfully have relationships. But our primary goal for you is not just that you fit in. The goal is not your best life now, whether that be in grammar school or middle school or high school. The goal is for you to be a healthy and functioning young adult. And there are many things that are going to be going on around you that are not healthy or functioning, but which everybody else around you values. So the goal is Christian conviction, the goal is a good work ethic, the goal is a person who knows how to navigate the real world and its relationships, who knows how to talk to adults. Um, and so our job, as Melissa and I conceive it, is to direct that process and also to resource them towards that goal. Some days that means I'm their greatest friend, and some days they think I'm just a gigantic behind, okay? And that's okay. That is our role at this point in their lives as we direct them to good things and we direct them to the goal. And parents, one way you can think about this is you're training their appetites. You're training them about what food to eat and to like. You're training them about what is good and nutritious, okay? And you need to understand what is good and nutritious in order to do that for your kids. All right, and uh, this is one of those areas that sometimes parents struggle, is we just get lost in that day-to-day, -day. we get lost in the hand-to-hand -hand combat, we don't always know what a good and nutritious meal looks like for them to feed off of right now in the present, and uh, so we let them eat cotton candy. Um, 
and uh, it doesn't, uh, doesn't end up yielding those, uh, those kind of future things we want to see. And so keep your, uh, keep your eye on the, uh, on the aspire to that proper goal. Third, keep your kids in the proper place. Now, kids are a gift, and they're incredibly important. And one of the ways that you let them know that they're incredibly important is you let them know that they're not primary. <laughs> one of Melissa's favorite lines to the children when they interrupt us when we are having conversation or when we have declared a date night and that they are exiled to the playroom is to remind them that we existed before they did. <laughs> and that this is primary and that you are very important but secondary, okay? Um, and they know how to take that because they know their importance to us. They know how much investment uh, goes into them, okay? And so there is no kind of like dismissal of them, but there is something communicated that's really important, that the core and engine of what's happening in our household is right here between mom and dad, that this is the nuclear reactor, okay? Um, and that everything flows from this relationship and from its health. And so having priority on that and spelling that out for them and exercising that and showing and demonstrating that to them is really important. And in all the demands of parenting, it is really easy to replace your spouse with one of your kids. Okay? It may be your favorite kid. It may be your problem kid. It can look like either one, but that child can easily replace uh, your spouse, and, um, and that becomes incredibly problematic. Spouses build up a lot of resentment um, towards, uh, towards their husband or wife when they feel that and when they sense that. And if you are feeling or sensing it, remember, don't share the accusation. Just say, hey, I'm feeling this way, you know? Uh, you need to talk about it. You need to, uh, you need to get down to that because it can be incredibly destructive, and both of uh, husband and wife have to work really hard to keep kids out of that place. Kids were brought into the world as a result of your vows to one another, okay? But you swore a vow to your spouse. So fulfill that vow, uh, live inside of that vow, and you'll find that your kids are blessed, okay? They're not gonna feel relativized, they're not gonna feel forgotten, they're actually gonna be honored, okay, as you give them those boundaries. And also, you'll find yourself loving and serving them. Okay? So keep your kids in the proper place. Fourth, recognize that raising kids exposes unaddressed issues. This is one of those surprising things about parenting. Okay? It's one of those things that oftentimes uh, catches people off guard. We get into parenting thinking about how awesome it's going to be to have a fat little cuddly baby, right? You know, how wonderful that is. And then they start to grow up, and we start to see that they have strengths and weaknesses, and that they're actually replicas of us, and that they are mimicking our strengths and weaknesses in certain ways. And all of a sudden, all those bullies and all those teachers and all those unaddressed issues, all those cool kids who perhaps made fun of you, whatever it was that went on for you as a kid, guess what? It all becomes relevant again. <laughs> And, and you think, you think you're past it all. And guess what? There it is, all right? There it is right in front of you. So um, at times you'll see your kids mimic your struggles, and at other times you will project your struggles onto them. You got to be really careful with both of those, okay? 
And, uh, and you just need to know that as you're parenting your kids through these things, that there is an invitation from God for you to do good work yourself, okay? Sometimes parents get really embarrassed by their children as they struggle. It just happens. We've all felt it. We get embarrassed by our kids as they're not doing well, perhaps as they're struggling with, um, with just being polite or they're struggling with behaving when they're little. I remember uh, one time when <laughs> um, Melissa and I first moved here, um, our, our youngest um, stood up on the chair next to Melissa. It was in before renovation, it was somewhere right over here. Um, and she was asked to sit down. It was during the service. And she said, nope. And there were several uh, people uh, new, uh, uh, from the congregation standing right there. We were, we were new. And so Melissa was mortified, you know? No. She said, do you know what the consequences is, are going to be? She said, yes. <laughs> are you going to continue doing what you're doing? Yes. You know, and continued playing with her dolls on the back of the chair, stomping up and down the chairs. You know what I mean? And, you know, at that moment, as a parent, you can be incredibly embarrassed, you know, by that willful defiance, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, what do these people think of me? And it's at that moment where we're really on the wrong track, okay? Um, because those are some of those unaddressed issues when we care more about what people think of us than we do about our child's character and behavior, you know? And, uh, and so, it is something that we really have to work on inside of ourselves as adults, and we need our spouses to help us work on that. Those are hard, and they're sensitive, and they're difficult uh, conversations. Um, and so we have to just step into that because our children at times will embarrass us. They'll come up short of what we wanted, and we have to take that opportunity not to then think, what are people thinking of me? But we have to take the opportunity to step into it with them, okay, to go work hard with them. So that day, Miss McKenzie got escorted out in front of everybody. And that was hard. It was hard on a pastor and a wife just establishing themselves in the church, you know. But our goal was not just to keep everybody happy and to, everybody to think that our kids are perfect, because they're not. Little blonde devils is exactly what they are. Just come over this afternoon, I'm sure you'll see it, you know. Um, and, um, you know, and so it's just keeping those broader goals in mind and not letting our kind of unaddressed issues or some of the things that we want or think we need to get in the way of what's in, uh, in the best interest of our kids. Um, and uh, so just being willing uh, to allow your spouse to speak into your life when they feel like some of your unaddressed issues are coming up and getting in the way of your kids' health and success. Now, that can look like many different things, um, but basically what I'm saying is you have to allow your spouse to have a green light, okay? Um, <laughs> there was uh, one particular teacher uh, that we had some years ago who really just could get under my skin, okay? And I found myself at certain points reacting to her, you know, and Melissa knew exactly what it was about. It's like, this lady reminds you of Mrs. Ringer, doesn't she? And Mrs. Ringer had a very special place in my heart. She was my Latin teacher. And uh, it was a particularly difficult relationship. She accused me of uh, toilet papering her house. And though I toilet papered many houses in high school, I did not do Mrs. Ringer's. 
Um, and I did not throw eggs at her car or anything else that may have happened. Uh, I may have known who did it, but Mrs. Ringer made my senior year in high school miserable because she thought I did that. That injustice lived on with me. <laughs> and then, so as one of my sons is dealing with a difficult teacher, you know, this fire was kind of coming out. I was ready to put up my dukes, you know? And Melissa was just able to point out, you know, <laughs> you know where this is coming from, right? And it's like, yes. <laughs> and as much as I don't want to admit it, I still don't like Ellen Ringer, you know? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm not over it, you know? Um, but guys, you know, I, that could be, it's, it sounds silly, and I do say it in a silly way, but there are things that are far more profound and far more harmful, wounds that we carry like that forward that uh, really do become destructive. And you uh, just have to allow your spouse to address those issues, help point them out. You want to do so gently. Um, but those things do play into parents um, with raising kids uh, more, than we, uh, more than we really want. They then can become sources of tension uh, between husband and wife. So just take the, uh, take the invitation. Take the invitation to do work with one another as your kind of unaddressed issues come to the surface, okay? Um, so these are just some practical things about how to successfully parent kids as you navigate them into the world, as you see them launched and be successful, uh, as you have the goal for them not to boomerang on you, or <laughs> um, uh, that is move back in, you know, um, as, you, as you set those goals. And um, that you uh, then retain also this core identity. Because at the end of the day, and many of you are already there, you know, you launch your kids. And then you're staring at one another. And many of the marriage books will point to that question. What do you do on that day? You know, are you going to be strangers at the end of this great endeavor to raise these kids? You know, and to send them out into the world. And let's say you do that successfully and that's gone well. What's going to be there between the two of you? Are you going to be strangers or are you going to have a deeper sense of partnership? Are you going to be deeper allies, uh, deeper companions because of going through this great endeavor together? Okay? And that's what your goal, you want your goal to be. You want to do this together. Okay? Companions, allies in it. And so do the work uh, to make sure that happens. Let me pray for us. Father, we do ask that you help us in this task. You've gifted us with children in this congregation. You've granted us families. And God, we need your help that husband and wife do this well together, that they work together, that they complement one another, that we raise healthy children. And so allow us to do all these things well, to support one another, to challenge one another, uh, and then also to direct our kids. We ask God for your grace, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.